what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. If you're stupid enough to climb Fool's Mountain, God will let you. If you want to go out here and just do whatever and it's not right, He'll let you. But that still small voice will eventually come. What are you doing here? Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Have your Bibles. Will you turn with me, please, to the book of First Kings? The book of First Kings, chapter 19. First Kings, chapter 19, beginning in verse 11. First Kings 19, verse 11. And the Lord said unto Elijah, Go forth. And stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes. A still, small voice. The fire that fell upon Elijah's altar was one of the greatest expressions of the power of God the world has ever known, at least up to that time. It typified the coming cross. It typified the judgment of God upon sin and the price that Jesus paid that we might be set free from sin. What happened on top of Mount Carmel that day was an expression of the love of God. And it shows the measures, it shows the lengths that God will go to to save His people. And the Bible says in 1 Kings 18, verse 39, when all the people saw it. Stop right there. When all the people saw it. That right there, ladies and gentlemen, is the mission of the church. To see the Lord Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That is the mission of the church. If you come here today to see me, you're going to miss it. It's not about me. It's not about Friendship Church. It's not about the original Free Will Baptist. 
It's not about anything other than Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That is what the world has to see because that is the only hope for this world. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Paul told the church at Galatia, he said, I'm amazed, I marvel that you are so easily removed from that which has been delivered unto you. Christ has been evidently set forth crucified among you. In other words, he preached the cross so strong that it was almost as if though Jesus Christ was crucified before their very eyes. He told the church at Corinth, he said, I've determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, I didn't come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom. I didn't come to you with that, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. I had a friend of mine that called me the other night. I hadn't heard from him in quite some time, many years, and he called me up and said, Brother James, I've just heard you preaching on the radio. You're preaching the same thing now that you preached 15 years ago. I said, thank you, sir. The gospel does not change. God's word does not change. Churches may change. The world may change. Times may change. You may change. But this book that I hold in my hands does not change. And I'm going to preach this book whether hell likes it or not. Whether my family likes me or not. Whether you like me or not. I'm going to preach what this book says. Come hell or high waters. And Satan has launched an all-out attack against me and my family. I got news for the devil this morning. I'm founded on the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm rooted. I'm like a tree planted by the rivers of waters. And I shall not be moved. Founded on the book. It'd be good for you if you get founded on the book. This book is the only thing that's going to carry you through. The world has to see it. When the people saw it, they fell on their faces. And they said, the Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. Let me tell you something today. There's only one true God. One. Only one. Only one. There's not five. Buddha is not God. Muhammad is not God. Confucius is not God. There is only one God. And he has a son, and his name is Jesus Christ. He was born of the Virgin Mary. He lived a perfect life. He died on Calvary's cross. He rose from the dead the third day, and now he's seated by the right hand of the Father, and he's making intercession for you and I so that when you blow it, when you climb Fool's Mountain, you can go before him and say, Lord, have mercy on me. Oh, God, forgive me, for I have sinned. And if we'll confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the gospel. One gospel. We're getting away from the gospel today. The Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter days 
they will depart from the truth, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. There's only one message. That's the cross. That's the gospel. I had a lady come to this church just a few weeks ago. Been coming here now for several weeks now. She said, I've been in church all my life. She said, this is the first church I've been in that centers everything up in the cross. Am I right? Am I right? That's what we preach. On top of Mount Carmel when that fire fell and the people saw it, the Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. And the people looked to Elijah, and Elijah said, You get all 450 of them prophets of Baal, round them up. Took them down to the brook Kishon and killed them. When you come to God by faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary, and the Holy Spirit comes into your heart and life, He's going to start working on everything in your life that's not of God. It's got to go. Are you hearing me? Everything in your life that is not of God, it has to go. It has to be dealt with. And God the Holy Ghost will deal with it. He will lay his finger upon it. And a lot of times it comes in that still, small voice. You don't need to be doing that. You don't need to be looking at that. But he speaks to us in a still, small voice. Elijah said, all 450 prophets, round them up. Let not one of them escape. He killed them. And boy, when Jezebel found out about it, she was not a happy camper. She sent a messenger to Elijah. Said, you killed my prophets. By this time tomorrow, you're going to be dead. Now, that was an empty threat. It was a lie. If she was going to kill him, why didn't she go ahead and do it? Why well, send the messenger? She could have sent a soldier over there and just do him in. Why well, send the messenger and warn him? I'll tell you why. She was afraid that the same thing would happen to the soldiers that happened to her 450 prophets of Baal. And this is what Satan doesn't want you to know. He's scared of you. He is afraid of you. Because the Word of God says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He's scared spitless of you. He's scared of your testimony. He's scared that you might show the world in some way, shape, form, or fashion the finished work of Christ. And people might get saved. He's scared of you. And in 1 Kings 19 verse 3, the Bible says that Elijah rose and went for his life and came to Beersheba. Here is a man that saw God move in miraculous ways. I mean, 450 prophets of Baal against him. They danced and hollered and cut themselves and prayed to Baal and there was no fire. 
Elijah repaired the broken down altar, prayed, and if he hadn't have got out of the way, he'd have been consumed. Fire fell, consumed the sacrifice. Here's a man that prayed for God that it would rain, and the rain came down in, 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 in torrents. Here's a man that saw all of these miracles. He saw the hand of God move. And now he's running. He allows fear to throttle him to run off into the wilderness. Now I said all of that to say this. If such could happen to a man who had seen miracles like this, where does that leave you and I at today? Fear will cause you to go in the wrong direction. He came to Beersheba. That's 300 miles. He left his servant in Beersheba, went another day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and requested to die and drifted off to sleep. And the Lord sent an angel, sent the angel to him twice, and the angel touched him. Oh, that God would touch us today. Some of you listening to me right now, you need a touch. You need a touch of God. Your whole world has fell apart. Your heart has been ripped out of your chest. You pray to God and you seek God. Oh God, please intervene in this situation. You need a touch today. The angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. The journey is too hard for you. It's too great for you. It's quite a journey to get where God wants us to be. And we can't do it on our own. We need the Lord's touch. We need to partake of that which He has provided in His Word. But now here's the thing. Elijah arose and he eat and drink. He went in the strength of that meat for 40 days and 40 nights. But he went to Horeb, the Mount of God. He partook of God's provision he had a touch of God he was able to go in that longer than anything that this world has to offer but he's still going in the wrong direction are you listening to me I know people right now and I know that you do too that once had a touch of God on their life, they once had an anointing upon their life, they partook of the heavenly gift. But they're going in the wrong direction now. And we're like, what's it going to take to get them back where they ought to be? Remember this. Don't give up on them. Don't quit praying for them. No matter what you see, sometimes the harder you pray, 
the outward signs of which you're looking at is going in the opposite direction of which you're praying, and it's so discouraging. The more I pray, the worse it gets. Don't stop believing. We serve a God that's able to do all things. And let me tell you, friend, don't underestimate the still, small voice of God. Keep praying for that loved one. It might take some time, but eventually they're going to get to the cave. Elijah came to the cave and he lodged there. The cave is a place of encounter. There's no proof of this, but some believe that this is the same cleft of the rock where Moses stood and beheld the backside glory of God. Whether it was or not, both of these men had an encounter with God at this location on top of this mount. And God spoke to Elijah. The word of the Lord came to him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? What are you doing here? That's proof that Elijah was not where God wanted him to be. God didn't tell Elijah to go to Horeb. That was all Elijah's doing. He was running from Jezebel. He believed a lie, an empty threat. He went all the way to Horeb. That was another 180 miles from where he was at at Beersheba. That's 480 miles. I mean, 480 miles, you and I today would get on the SUV and drive and be there in three or four hours. If I ride with some of you, I'll be there in about an hour. We might not get there at all. But it was quite a journey. It took him 40 days to get 180 miles. And that was with the touch of God and the provisions that God gave him. And he gets there and God says, What are you doing here, Elijah? Let me tell you this. If you're stupid enough to climb Fool's Mountain, God will let you. He's, he's, not, he's not going to override your will. If you want to go out here and just do whatever and it's not right, He'll let you. But that still small voice will eventually come. What are you doing here? Let's look at Elijah's answer. 1 Kings 19 verse 10, he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. Now that was true. He said, The children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant and thrown down thine altars. Yes, they did, but many gave their hearts back to the Lord after that fire fell on Mount Carmel. He said, they have slain thy prophets with the sword. No, the people didn't do that. It was Jezebel that cut off 
the prophets of the Lord. When the people gave their hearts to the Lord, they listened to Elijah and killed 450 prophets of Baal. I just want to make sure everything is, is, is I want you to see this now. He goes on to say, I, even I only, am left. No, Elijah was not the only one left. Again, what about all the people that gave their hearts to the Lord on top of Mount Carmel? It seems like Elijah's a little bit bitter. He's a little bit angry concerning the situation. Yes, Israel had not been true to God. But when you look at Elijah's answer here, Elijah hasn't been very truthful either. Well, what are you trying to say, Brother James? I'm trying to say that the flesh in Elijah was just as hateful as the flesh in Israel. He said, and now they seek my life to take it away. No. Again, that was only Jezebel. The people needed Elijah more now than ever before. And here he has done run off 450 miles into the wilderness. First Kings 19 verse 11, God said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. Elijah has been given an invitation to stand before the Lord. How many of you right now are ready to stand before the Lord? I don't see many hands being raised. Hello? How many of you are ready to stand before the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Oh, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Well, Elijah wasn't ready to stand before the Lord either. And evidence is that he rejected that invitation. So now the Lord will do some things to draw him out. Let's look at it. 1 Kings 19, verse 11. The Bible said, Behold, a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break it in pieces and the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. A lot of life-changing, cataclysmic events can happen to get a person's attention. And once God's got their attention, He speaks in a still small voice. Oh, let me say that again. 
It takes a life-changing event, a number of events, cataclysmic events, that shakes the individual to their core. And you look at those events and you say, that's terrible, Brother James. That's just awful. But understand, God's not in any of that. God was not in the wind. He was not in the earthquake. He was not in the fire. There's a lot of things going on in our country today that's happening. Bad things, terrible things, awful things. God's not in any of that. He's using it. He used those things to draw Elijah out of that cave. And God's using things all around us today to draw people out. And when he gets their attention, he speaks in a still, small voice. And God said, what are you doing here, Elijah? I'm going to ask you that question today. What are you doing here? What is your purpose in life? You see... You'll never find out what that purpose is until you come to the cross and allow the Holy Spirit to come into your heart and life and work. And He'll speak to you about your purpose in a still, small voice. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, 
Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.